What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Louda, what do you got? All right, we've been talking a lot about the Dodgers. And the last time the Dodgers had the World Series replica ring as a giveaway, I couldn't go. You know, sometimes I get out of here late and it was only available to a certain amount of people. Well, don't worry, because if you didn't get your replica ring, you have another shot. September 30th, next Thursday, they're doing another World Series replica ring giveaway. First, 30,000 people, so you do have to be there early to grab your ring. And on top of it, they're going to play the San Diego Padres. I think this is a good game that people need to go to. So go ahead. I can't go because I work. But someone else needs to go get that ring because I already saw it and it's beautiful. Briones was able to get one and I'm like, oh my God, I want one. Now, is it like a real, like an actual ring? Except it's, it's not like plastic is what I'm saying. No, it looks nice. Like it was heavy oh. and stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good. More like That's aluminum nice. foil. I mean, to, to buy 30,000 promotional championship I mean, is the replica rings. I mean, that's Yeah, it's that's fair a no expense. Thing. We champions. We like to splurge. Well, as champions, then, don't give up on the last nine games. I did. That's all I'm I, Ay, I Dios said, mio, ahora I seguimos said. con esta. Sí, muy bien. <laughs> Porqueria. Yo dije, I said, that depends on what happens with this game with the Giants, I'll go. So, right now, I'm like, go for it. But then if they win, I'm like, all right, y'all need to wave the flag and let's rest our boys up. But. Yeah. All right. That is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Sedano's not having it. He's like, no, he's, yeah, you. My God, it's just we've had the <laughs> same damn conversation for an hour. I'm bored right. out of my mind. Well, it's not only um, that. It's, it's, it's also that we don't agree. No, I don't care that you don't agree. I actually prefer that you don't agree. I, one thing is not agreeing for an hour straight and us just literally saying the same thing. It's well, boring. I want one of these replica rings now. Get that. You don't deserve <laughs> one. You're not a Dodger guy anyway. I know, but it still Cap, seems like a go. cool thing to have. You should go. Mm -hmm. And then you can gift it to me since I'm in the studio and I can't go. There you go. You give how one to Lauda. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, you have to drive up That's here. That's how you go. Yeah. Then you'll be allowed. There you go. Okay. All right. All right. All right. You were going to talk to us about the Raiders, George. Let's, let's do So this. the Raiders are on the precipice of doing something they haven't done in almost 20 years. Which and is? And that would be going 3-0. and mm -hmm. Now, the last time they went 3-0, and Scott Kaplan. Do you want to yes, guess sir. what year that was? Um, let's see. Um, since you just said it was 20 years ago, see how I well I was listening, right? Right. Said almost 20 years. Okay. Almost. And since this is yeah. 2021, I'll just subtract 20 years and do the math, and I'll come up. We with... We all know you're terrible at math, though. Right. And I'm yeah. really working Ask hard. I'm doing my calculator right now. Two uh, 2001 ish. Ish is close. Yeah, 2002. Oh. Um, they haven't started three and since 2002, and that was the year they went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that was the year that the Raiders went to the Super Bowl but lost the Super Bowl game to Tampa Bay. Um, that was the Bill game. Bill Callahan was the coach, yes. Bill Callahan, right, was the coach of the Raiders because he took over for Gruden, and Gruden had taken Tony Dungy's team down in Tampa and led them to the Super Bowl. Correct, and, and Keyshawn um, won his Super Bowl ring that year. Yep. Yes. I can remember being at that Super Bowl because, you know, rarely the Super Bowl games are not usually during the day in, in, in an outdoor stadium under the beautiful sunlight. It was. That game yep. happened to be in San Diego, and – I think yep. it was no doubt who played the halftime show that day. You'll have to check me on that if anybody cares. But, um, you know, George, it's interesting. I really think the Raiders, at least through the first two weeks, are the number one most shocking development of the NFL season so far. If you looked at their schedule and you said they're going to play Baltimore in week one at home and they're going to go on the road to Pittsburgh in week two, I really believe most people would have said Raiders will be 0-2 after the first two weeks. And as it turns out, 
they find themselves at 2-0. and They look good. I don't think there's any question about it. They look fantastic. Um, you know, Derek Carr looks good. Uh, Derek Carr had a 61-yard touchdown pass to Henry Ruggs, okay? And the ball, it wasn't one of these where, like, he hit him for, like, 20 yards and then he ran for 40. Like, the ball went in the air 55 yards plus, okay? And it's the third longest pass it, it Derek Carr has thrown since 2016, the last time they were in the playoffs. Wow. So, when I told you the other day that he was a little too conservative, too many checkdowns, et cetera, like that, things of that nature. That was the case, clearly. Like, to not have thrown a ball that far and that deep in a game. <laughs> um, but two other times in five years is incredible for a quarterback in today's day and age in the NFL. So, I think that we're seeing a more aggressive Derek Carr and John Gruden is allowing him to check at the line of scrimmage, and there's not, like, this micromanaging of the quarterback, I, I think it's a good thing for the Raiders, for sure. I think you're on to the key. Gruden is a total control freak. So when he takes over the Raiders, he's not really sure if Derek Carr is his guy. And the Raiders have never made a move to replace Derek Carr throughout the John Gruden era, round two, phase two. So I think you're right that it's taken a long time for Gruden to get back into the swing of being an NFL coach after being off the sidelines for so long, and then finally to come to a realization of, I got to trust my player. You know, He's our starting quarterback. We pay him 20-something million dollars. He was a second-round draft choice. He's been a starter since he walked into this league. He's an eight-year pro. I got to let this guy play. I can't try and control everything that he does. And to me, this is a perception. I'm not there. I'm not in the locker room every day. But my perception is, is that Gruden has finally lightened up a little bit in terms of trying to control everything because you just can't. You got to trust your players, especially your quarterback. Yeah. By the way, um, the Raiders are probably getting Josh Jacobs back uh, this week. He finally may be uh, ready to roll practice-wise. So that's good news for them as well. And the offensive line has been a little bit of a mash unit as well. So there is a real chance they can get better as time goes by here. Now, I'm a little worried um, in this regard, okay? Not like super worried, okay? But I'm, I'm a little worried in this regard because... I feel like this is one of those classic trap games where, you know, the Dolphins quarterback goes down, the backup is going to play. And by the way, their backup is pretty good in Jacoby Brissett. Like, this is a guy that Bill Parcells. Yeah, Bill Parcells loves him. Bill Parcells over the years has talked about how, like, he is surprised that Jacoby Brissett is not a starter on a team. Um, He did start for the Colts one year, and and they did very well. Um, And so, like, this guy's good. Like he's he he's 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 good. So this isn't a gimme necessarily because the Dolphins are coming off a thrashing, and my guess is they're going to be more focused going into this week. So I think the Raiders should still win. I kind of like the Dolphins to cover uh, the three and a half or the four or whatever it is, but I, I think the Raiders should still win. I just think it's going to be a tight one. Yeah, I saw the line at four earlier today, and I was thinking to myself, you know, if I were going to bet this game because I don't really bet on football. Do you bet on football, George? I do, and we will be betting on football every week here on the show. Yes. Not we will like play, with real money, but pretend money. But we'll play games against the spread, and we'll see how we do. But, you know, I, I think I may have told you this before, but when I was a freshman in college, 
mm-hmm. I bet on one football game. Yeah. The game was the Buffalo Bills against the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm-hmm. It was Boomer Esiason on one side and Jim Kelly on the other. And I mm-hmm. thought this was easy money, right? So I make this bet through my, my roommates, and, uh, and I said, I'll take $50 on the Bills. And the next day, after the Bills had lost the game, they were like, yo, we need that 50 bucks. we got to pay the guy. I'm like, whoa, hold on. Wait, we got to actually pay this? They're like, yeah, you got to pay it. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. So then, I mean, I'm a broke college wait, kid. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Let me get this straight. Yeah. So you. Yeah. This is so you. Yeah. So you. Me. Uber confident Scott Kaplan. Over the right? top. Over the top. Uh, and and this is you at 19 in college. You're a yeah. kicker for a Division One team. Got no money. You're like, yeah, you know, you're part of the BMOC, right? Yeah, you oh, know? big time, yeah. Big men on campus, right? right? I'm, the, I'm the little guy with the big guys, yeah. Right, but, you know, you're part of the football team. Right. You're, you are definitely, like, walking with a stride. Oh, and you're I'm like, cool. The Bills, Jim Kelly, they're balling. They're awesome. They're, yeah. you know, they're this great team. You know, the Bengals, aight, you know? Right. And you bet on them, and then you didn't actually think that it was a real thing that you actually had to give up money if you lost. That is right. so you. Like, well, but I was naive. I was a, I was a naive kid. I was totally naive. I'd never bet on a football game before in my life. I had these like next door neighbors in the dorms, and they were like all regular students, and they were from Philly, and they were from the streets, man, and they were tough, and they were cool, and they knew what to do, and they smoked pot, and they had bookies, and I was like. Okay, um, all right, I'll try it, guys. And I bet $50 for the Bills to win. They lost. The next day they came to collect because they had to pay the guy. And so I was like, oh, my God, it's 30-some-odd years. I've never been on a football game. But I look at the lines, and I think to myself, Raiders giving four to the Dolphins. Dolphins don't have their quarterback, who, by the way, is not necessarily their established star quarterback, hardly at this point. The Raiders do have a lot of injuries at the offensive line. They have played very well on defense. They've created some big turnovers that have changed games here in the first two weeks. Uh, their run defenses look pretty solid. Um, they got after Ben Roethlisberger. I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to take the Raiders not just to win. I'm going to take the Raiders to cover. Now, you talk about it being a trap game because the following week, the, Raiders, the, Chargers. Yeah. the Raiders will be at home in L.A. So... <laughs> Would they be looking past the Dolphins and looking forward to their annual trip to their home in Southern California? Perhaps. On the other hand, the Dolphins got to go cross-country, first time in this stadium. Uh, you know, in Vegas, they could get distracted pretty easily. I'm just throwing out concepts here. I think the Raiders are going to win the game. I think the Raiders are going to cover. Okay. Yeah, I, I think the Raiders win, but I think the Dolphins are going to cover the four points. Yeah, I don't have the same level of confidence in Jacoby Brissett that you do. He's good, man. Like, he's good. But you he, say he's he, good. I mean, he's he's a good backup quarterback to have on your roster. I don't know if I'd really want him to be my starting quarterback. You, you're forced into starting him right now out of desperation because your starter's hurt. I, I just told you he had a year where he started in Indianapolis. And, right, and, and he, he was okay. He was all right. right I mean, if, he was, they, if he was so great, he'd be somebody's starting quarterback right now. Okay. I, I, I think he's a really good – I think he's the best start, backup quarterback in the league, perhaps. All right, well, um, I guess if I were to go and start looking through who are all the backup quarterbacks, I, I guess I'd, I'd come up with a debate for you. But, um, look, Jacoby Brissett's an experienced guy. He yeah. has been a starter. He is a solid, experienced veteran guy, especially right. to tutor a young, up-and-coming kid. But he's forced He doesn't to make play. mistakes either. Like, you know, that year he started, 
15 games. He threw 18 touchdowns, which isn't crazy, um, but only through six interceptions. Like, he's not losing you the game. How many points did the Dolphins score last week? Zero. Mm. But it's different. You get thrusted in. You know this, man. You played football. There's a huge difference between being thrusted into a game where you took zero snaps uh, for pr- in practice that week than you knowing you're the guy going into that week and there's a game plan. There's no doubt there's a different mentality. But, but nobody said that about USC when their starting quarterback got hurt and a freshman had to come in and take over. I, it's college, bro. That's but way different. But it's a mentality. It's, it's a, it's, am I the starter this week? Okay, I'm the starter. I'm taking all the snaps. All right, I'm, how about you and this. I have a, have a, have a what, look, we're going to do our bets tomorrow. Yep, we can okay. have a bet within the bet. How about that? Okay. I like a bet within a bet. Good bet. All right, we, we, we can do that. All right, coming up next, I want to get into the Rams, who are also in a situation where that line has moved dramatically. We'll get into that as well, and where Rams fans' confidence is going in against the Super Bowl champions. So we'll touch on that. Stick around. We're back in three minutes. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. <laughs> oh, there's no question that that was what happened. Yes, right? Oh, my God. I love this song. As soon as I heard it, I was like, yeah, I'm just missing you. Yeah. Uh. Yes. John Wait, Wade. why did you do the thing that you do with hip-hop music to John Waite missing you? I'm doing it to all songs nowadays, George. I like mm. to do it with all songs now. Uh, yeah. yeah. That was, uh. also, that, that was weird. It was so weird. What a so, great so song. Weird. John Waite. Also number one, by the way. Yes. You know, missing you, also. 1984. Yeah. I'm in. Mm. Kid of the uh, good song. It is a good song. He's a one-hit wonder, though, right? John Wade didn't have any other songs. I can't think of either. anything else that he ever sang other than Missing You. Can't think of yeah. one other song. I ain't missing you at all. Uh, it's one, a good song. Yeah, the one line we were just playing, though, is, uh, we all know how desperate I've become. Yeah, it's a good line. Apparently, Brooks and Dunn did a remake of it. I'm not a country person, so I don't know. So. Yeah, my wife is. Really. She loves country music. My wife right? used to work in country music. Does she but, drag uh, you to country music concerts? Never. No. Nope. Nope, not for me. I'm good. I don't need yeah. the pickup truck and the dog and the whole deal. I had a real short period of time in my life where I was into, like, Alan Jackson and, <laughs> um, and like, a couple of other country You had to have, like, singers. Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks. If you're going to have, like, a country moment. Right. No, but that was that whole time. That Alan Jackson, Garth Brooks. There was that period of time in my life where I was into a little bit of country, you know, but um, I did that. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. No, it's all good. I know a lot of people. There has never been a time I've been into country. Not even one bit. Not one bit, huh? Yeah. The only time I uh, I was I, I I talked about country was when I used to work with Bergman and Karen at Fox Sports Radio with Kiki, um, and we, we used to make uh, there was a a guy who was trying to do like hip hop country music at the time. Mm-hmm. This is like back in the early to mid two thousands, and his name was Cowboy Troy. 
and uh, and we used to make fun of. I used to make fun of Cowboy Troy, um, and uh, he used to call it Hick Hop, uh, as H I C K, <laughs> and uh, but uh, that was really it. That's the extent. I mean, clearly, I know Garth Brooks songs, but I, it's just not my cup of tea. And I, I love like- a lot of genres of music, man, but that's just one that's just never been for me. There was a moment where I also liked a little bit of Hank Williams Jr., and it wasn't really like the Monday Night Football theme. It was I was more just going like, to say all your rowdy friends are here on Monday no, Night. No, it was, it was more like a, a country boy can survive. You ever hear that song? No. no. He can take a rope, he can oh, run terrible. a trout line, and a country boy can survive. A country boy can survive. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> really belting it out there. Pretty damn good, really, if I do say hey, so myself. So we were talking about – we're going to get to the Rams here in a second, but we were talking about the um, the games we're going to pick against the spread. So here's how this is going to work, Captain, because right, you me. haven't played this game before. Nope. Now, Laura has – Lindsay hasn't either, though. Um, so this game was started by Raj years ago when we were on the morning show. Okay, I'm telling Raj. No, no, I know he knows. We, we he knows. I we we took oh, it. Oh no, no, uh, I mean, and that, I were doing it a, last year. No, that's a reference from. Uh, you ever see the show? Is it uh, what was the show where the guy's name was Raj? You go, I'm telling Raj. Oh, what's happening? What's happening? Um, right. Yeah. So, um, this is the game we play. We pick five games. All right. Okay. I will pick five games on the slate mm-hmm. of NFL games. Okay. And you have to pick each one of them against the spread. However, this is the twist. Okay. Of those five games, there is like a um, a confidence meter vote assigned to it, okay? Mm-hmm. So since there's five games, the game you are most confident in, mm-hmm. you have to assign you assign it the number five Rams that you're five. picking against the spread, right? <laughs> LZ used to, his whole joke was every year and every game, and he did. This was his thing. His bit was Rams were always his five. Okay. And because we're, we're going to pick, we're always going to pick, unless they have a bye, um, or they're playing on, like, Thursday, because we do this on Friday, we're always going to pick games where the Rams, Raiders, and Chargers are included. All, those three teams will always be on the slate, okay? Okay. And then, <laughs> I love the word slate. <laughs> yes. And then beyond that, it'll be whatever the two next coolest games are for one reason or another, okay? All right. Hey, hey George, so, real right quick, now, I have to call a timeout, though. Timeout, okay. which, which is yeah. this, and I would never normally do this. Yes. San Diego just beat San Francisco 7-6 in 10 innings. So now the conversation we were having earlier about the Dodgers and the Giants, the Dodgers winning today in extra innings in Colorado, the Giants losing today in extra innings in San Diego, the Dodgers have just pulled to within one game of San Francisco in the division. Back to you. So you clearly still want to win, play for the division. (laughs) Yes, I do. Yes. Okay. Despite the fact they've only gained one game on them, or now two games on them since August first, right? But they're only one game back. Okay, they've you know you you know they've been tied before, right? Like that's happened. This, well, there was this. there was actually a period of time. It's funny you say this. There was a period of time where the Dodgers actually took a half game lead half game over lead, the Giants, yes. yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. when you were on vacation for like yeah. six weeks, you yeah. know, um, seventeen was, days. Those oh, were okay. glorious days, by the way. I, I can imagine so. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the Dodgers did take a half-game lead, and then they wound up giving it back, and then they wound up playing against the Giants, and they lost that series. And, but here we are, nine games to go for both teams, and the Dodgers are only back by one now because San Diego just took care of San Francisco. Ay, Dios mío. All right, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I, look, I have stated my position. I think you get ready. You just Urias and Bueller, Urias and Bueller don't look right. 
And I, I don't know if they're going to be right for the playoffs if, if you don't rest them. Now, again, I don't understand this thing of if you rest them, it, it's, still, it, it's still possible you can win those games just because you're resting them. I think you can have your cake and eat it too. It's possible, um, but I would think that Urias and Bueller give you the better chance. You've made your point about you know pitching as many innings as they have and kind of wearing down here at the end of the I season. I mean, Urias is astronomical. Like He's pitched 100 more innings than he's yep. ever pitched before. Yep. Well, this is, uh, this is what it is to be healthy all year practically and, and be a starting pitcher in a rotation that's you know, still headed towards the playoffs. So, listen, um, you were, I'm going to go back, though. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, my, my, my ADD is kicking in. Go back yeah, yeah. to football. So you want me to go, go back, back to finish football. the football yeah. conversation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So he, here's the deal. So we pick, I'm going to pick five games. Okay. It will always include, barring them being on a bye or playing on a Thursday night, Rams, Chargers, Raiders. That'll Got be it. on the slate. And then two other games that we – feel are good or cool for one reason or another so for example the Raiders are playing the Dolphins that will be one of the games that we will pick against the spread tomorrow okay uh the Chargers are playing the Chiefs that is a game that we'll be picking against the spread and obviously uh Tampa Bay and the Rams okay um and then I'm gonna pick Green Bay and San Francisco as one of the games because that's a big game Sunday night and game yeah Sunday night game yep. and then I'm thinking for the last game we could either do New Orleans and New England or like Seattle and Minnesota. So which one of those would you prefer? I'll well, let, let me, you pick. Dealer's choice. Wa- I'm just curious, though, before I make this selection, what goes into your thought process? You said the first three, obvious. Rams, right. Chargers, Raiders. Those right, and then just obvious. whatever I think are like the most interesting matchups. Beyond okay, that. well, I think Packers and 49ers certainly qualifies. Yeah. Um, Seahawks-Vikings is a game that you're going to broadcast, which is really right. cool. Yeah. Um, the Saints and the Patriots, you've already brought that one up. That's an interesting game. Um, I'm actually interested, Lindsay. Maybe you are as well. I'm interested in the Bears and the Browns because the yeah, but I don't think you know what I also factor in. Like I also try to factor in like if the audience would care, and I don't think the audience would care about the Bears and the Browns. Mm-hmm. I disagree. Mm-hmm. I think the Browns are America's team right now. Yeah, definitely not. The no, case. everybody's rooting for Baker Mayfield. <laughs> At least yeah. you and me are, Lindsay. Yeah, I, I feel like the Patriots are always interesting to people for one reason or another. Uh, they love no them or they hate them. About them anymore, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and and I also think, I mean, the Seahawks are in the Rams division, so there's that, you know. Well, uh, the Cardinals play the Jaguars, and the Cardinals are seven-and-a-half-point yeah, I mean, favorites Jacks. on the road. Do you want to pick that game? We can pick that game as the last game if you want. It's up well, to you. Well, I'm just thinking about NFC West teams, and in, in this case, teams that are unbeaten. Three teams in the, in the NFC West all right, are th- all This unbeaten. really shouldn't have lasted this long. Like, can you just pick a damn game? Oh, you're letting me pick the game. I just told you dealer's choice like three minutes ago. I'll take the Browns, Browns and the Bears. There we go. Oh, for the love of God. America's team, Baker Mayfield, America's quarterback. Hey, Morales is also a Browns fan, so we got three people here that are is very he heavily really? interested. Oh, yeah, he loves the headband. <laughs> the headband. In, in fact, I got him a shirt in Cleveland at one of the famous T-shirt shirt shops that says, woke up feeling dangerous. It's Baker Mayfield's signature shirt. Really? Hmm. Well, you know I'm a big Browns fan this year. I think I've told you guys this, but my college roommate is their offensive coordinator, and I want him to get a head coaching job. So when when Baker Mayfield succeeds, when the Cleveland Browns succeed, um, I'm hoping that he gets himself into that kind of conversation. You know, uh, we talk about all these coordinators, and then they get they get picked on. Like, is this guy a play caller? Is it right. the head coach who calls the plays? 
and everybody talks about Kevin Stefanski, the head coach of the Browns. My boy Alex Van Pelt's the coordinator. He's the one doing all the work behind the scenes all week. The head coach just makes those decisions on game day in consultation with. So I'm rooting for the Browns to be great because I want my boy to get a chance to be a head coach in the NFL. Yeah. So the the rant, So remember, you got to, those five games, but you have to assign the number one to five on each game, and you can't repeat the number. Um, so, like, the game you're most confident in against the spread, picking against the spread, you will give it a five, and the game you're least confident in, you will assign it a one, and then so on and so forth in between. So be ready for that tomorrow. Okay, I'm uh, in. The, the Rams are one-and-a-half-point dogs. I love a home dog, by the way. So I, I. I mean, I love the Rams, period. Um in, in almost every game this year, I feel like. Like, there's going to be very few where I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, they shouldn't win that game. Uh, this one clearly going to be the toughest, in my estimation. But you're telling me they're a dog at home, at SoFi, and Tom Brady has the Patriots the next week? Speaking of look-ahead games, yep. good Lord. I mean, that is the look-ahead of look-ahead games. It sure is. On the other hand, I will just say this. The Rams are going to play the Bucks this week. Obviously, we all know this. But the following week, the Rams host the Cardinals. Now, presuming that the Cardinals go to Jacksonville and win that game, the Cardinals will come in 3-0. and And so this game right here, as much as the Buccaneers might find themselves looking ahead to Tampa Bay, the Rams have to focus and concentrate on Tampa. They can't get themselves worried about what's happening the following week when they've got a division opponent that's very, very likely going to come in at 3-0. and For some reason, George, I don't exactly know why. My, my gut tells me, Go with the Rams. Um, if the Rams went last year cross-country and beat Tampa with Jared Goff at quarterback, now Tampa has to come cross-country to take on the Rams for the first time ever playing in SoFi, and the home field advantage. That's the one thing I want to encourage Rams fans about. You have to create a home field advantage. This stadium is a year and two games old, but it's really only two games old when it comes to having people in the stadium. So it's new, it's antiseptic, it's yeah. like hospital kind of clean. You got to take the noise to a totally different level, like a Seattle Seahawks sort of level, because when this team comes in, the crowd can actually play a factor in helping, especially when Tampa's on offense. You just got to be loud the entire time. You got to try and distract Tom Brady. You got to try and get you know procedure penalties against yeah. offensive linemen. You got to be loud. You got to be on your game, fans. All right, listen, um, Kaplan gave you your rah-rah speech. Just go out there and win the damn game. It's standing room only. It'll be fine. I'm a motivational speaker is what I am. Yeah. All right, listen, coming up next, Radio Tinder. It's the most popular segment on this station. Lindsay brought it over. We're going to play it in two minutes and 15 seconds. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, 
doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. All right, Linz, let it rip. All right, guys. Well, when Britney Spears, who, by the way, is now back on Instagram, she took like a four-day break, but she's back now. But when she and Sam Asghari shared the happy news of their engagement last month, it prompted a few people to make jokes that the pop star should make her future husband sign a prenup. Spears, who has a reported net worth of over $60 million, is already planning for her future marriage, according to court documents that were filed earlier this week. Quote, Miss Spears is in the process of engaging a family law attorney to craft a prenuptial agreement, Spears' attorney wrote in the filing. Do you guys believe in prenups? Swipe left or swipe right? Sedano. Well, I mean, I don't have one. Like, I don't, I don't feel the need for one uh, or didn't feel the need for one. Um, but I could understand if you I, – I believe if you were some sort of, like, celebrity because, I mean, I also believe in the math, right? Like, most relationships, even if you're not a celebrity, half of them end in divorce anyway. However, Tell me if that. you are a celebrity, that number – um, multiplies n- uh, n- numerous <laughs> right. times over, right? <laughs> so because of that, if I were a, some sort of celebrity and getting married, at, how old is she? Like, you know, and she's getting married. I think she's like third 37 time. or 38. Yeah. Away, and, and I think she this is her second way. or third marriage. But if you're going into second and third marriages, I believe you, and you're a celebrity, I believe you definitely need one. Yes. By the way, I'm, I'm, I'm wagering right now that Britney Spears is older than mid-30s. No, I said she's like 37 or 38. That's late 30. She's 39. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, I'm swiping right here. I'm I'm going to say this. I'm with George. When I got married, uh, this is going back, you know, a long time ago, I didn't have anything. Um, by the way, I, I've, I've since gotten divorced, and now I have less as a consequence of being divorced. But I think that a prenuptial agreement, when one party has money, in particular, by the way, both parties could have money and both parties could want a prenup. But if somebody comes into the relationship like Britney Spears and she has money and the fiance is not 60 million worth of wealth, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And I know a lot of people get offended by it. You know, um, the guy says to the girl, hey, I need you to sign a prenup. She gets upset. The girl comes in. She's got money. He doesn't have money. She says you need a prenup. He gets upset. It's an upsetting thing because what it says is I'm prepping for the possibility that we're yep. not going to be together forever. Yeah, but you know and what? it's almost like what's what's the point of getting married if you well, think it's not going to work? It, uh-uh. it is it is the responsible thing to do if you're the person who has the money pulling into the relationship. What if the person like, OK, let's say take the celebrity out of it and there's just, you know, a decent chunk of change or let's say, you know, you are right now about to get married. Would you like, is it something that now that you would personally do? Okay. Do you think it's necessary? This is a very good question. And what if they, what if the wife was, or the girlfriend fiance was like, no, I'm not going to marry you because you're, you're betting on our future to not work out. Then what would you do? She's immature. Okay. Well, I'll, Lindsay, no joke. You ready? George, I I could use your advice on this. And Laura, it'd be nice to have you jump in on this as well. Yeah. I've been dating this woman, Rachel, for two years. There's been some talk about what is our future. And I'll tell you right now, if the two of us were to get married and she put a prenuptial agreement in front of me, I would be like, I understand where she's coming from. You know, she got, she's been working for all these years. She's made a bunch of money. She's bought a bunch of properties. She's got a big business, right? Like she's right? very successful. Yeah. yeah. She doesn't want to be your sugar mama. Right. Now, and let me so, ask you this. Let me yeah, ask you this. Ahead. 
Do you listen to her more than you listen to me? Or like you don't repeat stuff back to her that you like you repeat stuff well, back to Well, you know, me. I told you the story yesterday of her giving me a hard <laughs> I mean, time because I missed one of her emails. Yes, you know, I missed her email like I missed you going through the roster of the Jetsons family, and yeah. she ripped my ass harder than you did. And other yeah. stuff that you missed. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. True. Um, she must so- be a saint, so if she said she wanted a prenup, I'd be like, yes, of course. <laughs> I think you should have one. Like, honestly, I've always said I don't have any. I mean, I have stuff, but I don't have that much money. But I'm a firm believer. Like, if I come in with one dollar and you come in with one dollar, that's your one dollar. Whatever we built as a couple, that's ours. And then we split it. But whatever I have before you and whatever you have before me, that's yours. And people are like, what if you marry somebody wealthy? That's his money. He worked his ass off for it. That's his money. I didn't help him build it. So why do I have half of it? What if he didn't work his ass off? What if he just inherited it? It doesn't matter. Won the lottery or something. That's still his. He came. He came in with it, so I should not have a piece of that pie. But whatever we build together, that's fair game. Yep. Lindsay is not giving up her AVAX or whatever cryptocurrency she's trying to finagle this week. Yeah, Solana. Yo, my crypto is my crypto. I'm high on. I'm high on the uh, the what is it called? Like the SDBP today. I don't know, but you, I'll tell you, you this right now. You dabble in cryptos that I don't even want to know. Yeah, like, I know. I'm a SLP, and I like cryptocurrencies. Yeah, yeah. I'm keeping my Peloton. That Peloton right there, that's mine. I paid for that Peloton. That's my right. Peloton. What's next? What's next, Lindsay? <laughs> Go ahead. All right, two men have been nabbed as they tried to cross the border into lockdown Auckland with a hundred thousand dollars in cash and a trunk full of KFC. While restrictions in the rest of New Zealand were eased at the start of September, Auckland remains under strict. Stage four lockdown, which includes fast food outlets being closed. So police said that the pair, who are known gang associates, had been trying to enter the city but were pulled over after they spotted a suspicious car traveling on gravel road and the driver immediately did a U-turn. Officers searched the car and found a substantial amount of cash and a ton of takeaway bags of the Colonel's finest recipe. The two men are going to appear in court for breaching the public health order, but police said further charges are also likely. Is there one fast food or takeout place that you just had to have during lockout that you would consider smuggling? Swipe left <laughs> or swipe right? Uh, I'm gonna sw- I'm gonna swipe left on this because there wasn't really like a fast food place I was craving necessarily. Or just I, any um, takeout place that like you had a lot of because I feel like we all have one place that we was kind of like our honestly. Place. You want to know? It's pretty hilarious. Um, my wife and I, and really more my wife in this scenario, she really did 99.9% of this. Um, we tried a bunch of different new recipes and we just made them here at the house. And it was, and we stumbled upon some tremendous ones, including my wife makes these like pretzel crusted pork sliders that we created during the pandemic. Ooh. Unbelievable. Okay. Um, so we, uh, we, you know, I want to say it was months before we even did any like Grubhub or DoorDash or even kind of did anything like that. It's really funny you say that because we did the same thing like in the middle of the pandemic. I'm talking about like when the shutdown first happened and you're saying that they're shut down in New Zealand. When the shutdown first happened, we did a bunch of those ordering of pre-packaged meals that you have to then make yourself. So they, they come and like, you know, there's chicken breast and there's broccoli and there's seasonings and stuff. And then they give you the instructions. Like Blue Apron how to make and HelloFresh, like those kinds? Yeah, whatever they're called. I mean, okay. yeah. And, and, and we found ourselves doing the same thing, George. Like, hey, we're cooking together. This is fun. And, and you know, by the way, this is really good. So yeah, I can't really think of anything that I would have to smuggle. Hmm. You know, I don't Certainly mean Certainly not KFC. Yeah. 
KFC's good. I mean, you know. I mean, KFC's fine. I had KFC once during the pandemic, and I was like, all right, I've had enough. Like, I'm good. I will say that the commercial with their chicken sandwich does make the chicken sandwich look really bomb. Oh, no, it looks fantastic. Yeah, there's yeah. no question. I haven't they had do it, a great job bomb. on the commercials. Yeah. All right. I had a lot of a pokey bowl. Pokey bowl. Pokey bar or pokey bowl? One of those places. I think it's pokey, pokey bar. Pokey bowl? Yeah. Pokey yeah. bar. Yeah, one of those. All right, one more, Linz. All right, guys. Um, if I can uh, open my document here. Here we go. A high school in Boston was forced to use a party bus equipped with stripper poles to transport students on a field trip after the yeah. ongoing national school bus driver shortage left them with no other options. English teacher Jim Mayer shared the image to his Twitter account showing said party bus with the visible stripper poles and cool LED lighting, which gained over 92,000 likes on the thread. In the photo, students' heads can be seen riding the bus in the background. Uh, the teacher said, due to the national school bus driver shortage, my school has hired a party bus with stripper poles to transport us for a field trip. This is not a drill. Would you be upset if you found out that your high schooler rode to a field trip on a party bus with a stripper pole? Swipe left or swipe right? Kep. I'm swiping left. I would have absolutely zero issue whatsoever if my kid's school was going on a field trip and there was a bus driver strike or shortage or whatever was going on and you had some other form of transportation, and it's a party bus, and it's got LED lighting, it's got limo seating, and yeah, they've got what you call a stripper pole. See, what I call it is, that's the kind of pole that I hang on to while I'm standing so that I have you know, some sort of something Balance. to keep me from, from falling backwards, right? When the bus, wow, right. that yeah, to me, that's not a stripper pole. That, that's just something I'm holding on to. Like when you go to the airport and you have to go through one of those like little trains, you stand up, you hold on to something, especially when the train is coming to a halt. I don't think that's a stripper pole. I think that's just something you hold on to for balance. Yeah, I'm swiping left. I mean, it's fine, right? You could you you could frame it that way. I'm with Kaplan. All right, we're done here. That is Radio Tinder each and every day at 5.30 here on the show. Don't forget Big Deal or No Deal at 6.30 coming up in less than an hour. Hey, coming up next, Laker fans are not going to be happy about one particular thing. We'll tell you what that is in just a moment. Stick around. You had to have watched Family Matters, not didn't you? Not one bit. Not one bit. Really? What? Promise you. Ugh. That's wrong. No, but here's why. I, you know, I was thinking about it as Chris just said that. 1989, I'm like a sophomore, college? freshman, sophomore in college. Ronnie says boo. Yeah. Boo you, Kaplan. I had like a 17-inch like zenith, you know, box TV. Didn't have any cable access of any kind living in dorms. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just where you were in your life at the time. It was right? on ABC. Yeah, I don't think we had any TV like in the room in the in the dorm rooms. I think we had like um, video games connected to our our TVs. But I don't know. Nineteen eighty nine. I was too consumed with what was going on in my life, like chicks and football. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's it just a little bit of an age gap there. You know what I mean? Like that's all it is. You Who's were booing me getting, in the background. Adam Bronstein. Oh, Brawny? He's booing yeah. me. You yeah. didn't hear. Boo you, Kaplan. <laughs> boo you. Well, I'm glad you're saying boo you instead of something else you. Well, he can't say the other stuff. Yeah, right. no, I actually really. know what I'm allowed to uh, say on the radio. Yeah, unlike some, some other people. Yeah. yeah. And those other people being you. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know who else you'd be referring to, to be honest with you. I was referring to me. 
Yeah. Um, so Laker fans, ESPN does this NBA rank every year. And I know Rob Palinka spoke today and, you know, he said glowing things about Camilo Anthony and, you know, he, he said all the things that, you know, GMs say before the season starts. And Media Day is coming up on Monday. So, but ESPN does this NBA rank where they rank the top 100 players and they've been releasing it in chunks, right? So this last chunk has been number 25 to number six, right? So the top five will come out tomorrow on the last day of this thing. And the top five are in some order, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Luka Doncic, and Steph Curry, because that's who's left, basically. And um, I'll I'll give you a tease. I'll let you know right now. Kawhi and Jamal Murray um, are not going to be on the top 100 because they're hurt and probably won't play most of the season. Because this is based on what you think they'll do this year, okay? okay. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in, it's actually a combination of where they finished last year and where you think they'll go this year. Okay. Um, and those guys were hurt. I mean, they have bad injuries that may or may not allow them to play this season. So Anthony Davis, though, had a precipitous drop from number two to number nine from last year to this year. And I feel like that was too high. Now, granted, I put my own vote in for these things and I'm just going to explain to people how this works. Can this I is not like this is not how they like they don't just email me and say, "Hey Sedano, rank your top 100 players." Now, we used to do that a couple years ago, but they changed it a couple years ago to this thing where it's like this constant like PowerPoint looking thing that just flashes up two names and you got to pick one. And it pits two players against each other. And it is never-ending. Like, it will go forever as long as you want to sit there and pick players. So that's what you're supposed to do, and they feel like that is the best way to determine this. So I would have had Anthony Davis ranked way higher. I would have, I, I would have had him higher than nine. I don't know if I would have had him in my top five. Maybe. But I, I, I definitely would have had him higher than nine. And that's a pretty big drop. Now, the guy who made a big jump in the top 20 was Paul George. And I know people have thoughts on him, clearly. He went from 20 to 12. But that makes sense, Cap, because, you know, Paul George dragged the Clippers to the Western Conference Finals. Did things that most people said he could never or had never done, and people didn't think he was capable of doing them. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not really surprised by that. But by the same token, George, I got to say, I'm not really surprised that Anthony Davis went from number two to number nine because right. of the things you just said, which is, look, last year, Anthony Davis missed a lot of time due to injury. And yeah. in, in the most important time of the year, when the Lakers needed him the most, he wasn't there. He just was not available due to injury. So based on where he was two years ago versus where he, is, where he ended last season – as we're thinking about going into this season, I actually don't think it's like offensive in any way that Anthony Davis is nine on this list. In fact, you know, I might even put James Harden ahead of Anthony Davis. Who Harden's ten. Ten, right? Yeah. Yeah, and Davis is nine. Did you have Did you have a problem with Dame Lillard being in front of Anthony Davis? No, no, not not. I mean, Dame Lillard was incredible last year. How about Joel Embiid at number seven? No, he was incredible, too. He would have won the MVP had he not gotten hurt at the end of the year. How about the Joker at number six? No, he was the MVP. Okay, so so you if you mentioned, because it hasn't come out yet, but we can all deduce that Kevin Durant's going to be in one of the top five. Yeah. LeBron's yeah. going to be one of the top five. I, I, I think, 
I mean, I know the top five, and I'm not going to reveal it. But there's a reason. Like, honestly, I can make the case that Anthony Davis should be in there over Dame. I, I can make the case. Um, you know, I can make the case on uh, over Embiid, too, uh, from a talent perspective. Look, it's kind of like what Richard Jefferson said on this show a couple weeks ago. Um, when you were out that day, Cap, and he said, Anthony Davis is a top five talent, just not a top five player right now because he's not consistent enough. And that also means availability. So, I, I mean, I, I know Laker fans are not thrilled about it, but, I mean, that availability thing is a thing that we discussed a lot when it came to him. You know, I actually last think that's year, a great line. That's a great line by Richard Jefferson. Top yeah. five talent, not a top five player. That's right. a great line. Yeah. And I don't know why Laker fans would be offended by it. I mean, uh, unless you're just mean, being unrealistic. Have I met them? Yes, I've, I've met them. So, so hey, Laker fans, instead of being offended because Anthony Davis is ranked as the ninth best player in the NBA, how about celebrating the fact that he was as hurt as he was and, and, and as still unavailable as he was and still a top 10 player? Exactly. Well, Bradley Beal at 11 is kind of crazy to me. Like, Bradley Beal's a great individual player. He went up from 22 to 11. But Bradley Beal's teams have been poop, okay? Um, and, and I feel like team... Like, everybody around there, like, even even Paul George, who people make fun of, they, the, the guys in that range have all had some modicum of success in the playoffs, you know? Um, you know and Bradley what, do you think about, what do you think about Kyrie Irving at number at 20? 20? Yeah. Uh, that's an availability thing. I think he's better than the 20th best talent, yes. Yeah, because I was, I was looking at this list of 6 through 25, and, you know, if, if Anthony Davis were listed at 10, I don't think it would be some terrible slight. I think nine is kind of a compliment. But when I look at who's behind him, you know, like I said, Harden, I might put Harden in front of Anthony Davis at uh, yeah, this moment. I, sure, maybe. But, maybe I, but I certainly wouldn't put Bradley Beal. I certainly wouldn't put Paul George. I wouldn't no. put Chris Paul, Jason Tatum, yeah, right. um, Devin Booker. In fact, I think Devin Booker at 15, I would move Devin Booker up to like 10, 11. I'd move Devin Booker up to 11 in front of Bradley Beal. I mean, I, you can make the case that Booker could be a little higher, not much higher, but the list will be out tomorrow. The top five will be out tomorrow. I know it. I won't reveal it, um, but it is can these you, five players. Can you Durant. give me a hint? Can you give me a hint, though? You ready? Here goes. If I'm just, like I said, I'm just putting it together. I'm looking at who's on the list so far. I, I don't see. I well, don't I'll see tell you on the other side. 